One of the most distinguishing factors of someone who has been born again is their love for God. No ungodly person loves God. They may love a God of their own making, but the true God, the God of revelation, to know and love Him requires something deeply profound and deeply divine. Welcome to episode 117 of the Ask Spurgeon podcast. I'm your host, Dave Holt. Now, just a reminder that you can become a subscriber of this podcast by clicking on the subscribe button on your preferred podcast channel. And then, if by the end of this episode you'd like to be in touch with me about the matters mentioned, you can do so by emailing me at dave at askspurgeon.com. Now, Reverend Spurgeon, Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. To them that love God, what is it that enables a man or woman or boy or girl to love God? My friends, The Apostle says that those that love God are the called according to His purpose, by which he means to say two things. First, that all that love God love Him because He called them to love Him. He called them, mark you. All men are called by the ministry, by the word, by daily providence to love God. That is a common call always given to men to come to Christ. The great bell of the gospel rings a universal welcome to every living soul that breathes. But alas, though that bell has the very sound of heaven, and though all men do, in a measure, hear of it, for their line is gone out into all the earth, and their word unto the end of the world, yet there was never an instance of any man having been brought to God simply by that sound. All these things are insufficient for the salvation of any man. There must be superadded the special call, the call which man cannot resist, the call of efficacious grace, working in us to will and to do of God's good pleasure. Now, All them that love God love Him because they have had a special, irresistible, supernatural call. Ask them whether they would have loved God if left to themselves, and to a man, whatever their doctrine, they will confess, Grace taught my soul to pray. Grace made my eyes overflow. Tis grace that kept me to this day and will not let me go. I never heard a Christian yet who said that he came to God of himself, left to his own free will. Free will may look very pretty in theory, but I never yet met anyone who found it works well in practice. We all confess that if we are brought to the marriage banquet, it was the same love that spread the feast that gently forced us in else we had still refused to taste and perished in our sin. Many men object to election. The very word with some is a great bugaboo. They no sooner hear it than they turn indignantly upon their heels. But know this, O man, 
Whatever you say of this doctrine, it is a stone upon which if any man falls he shall suffer loss. But if it falls upon him, it shall grind him to powder. Not all the sophisms of the learned, nor all the sleight of hand of the cunning, will ever be able to sweep the doctrine of election out of Scripture. Let any man hear and judge. Listen to this passage in the ninth chapter of Romans. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls, it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but of God who shows mercy. And you will say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? No but, O man, who are you who reply against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me this way? Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honour and another unto dishonour? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us, whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. These are God's words. If any man objects, let him object. He rejects the testimony of God against himself. If I promulgated the doctrine on my own authority, I could not blame you if you should turn against me and reject it. But when on the authority of Holy Scripture I propound it, God forbid that any man should quarrel therewith. I have affirmed, and I am sure, most Christians will bear witness that what I said was the truth of God. That if any man loves God, He loves him because God gave him grace to love him. That answer to the question, what is it that enables man to love God, was provided during the Sunday morning sermon preached on the 18th of October, 1857, at the Music Hall, Royal Surrey Gardens, titled, The True Christian's Blessedness. May God bless his truth to you this day and encourage you thereby. And before we go, let's pray together. Father, we come to you today to worship you for your grace in our lives. That if there be any love in our hearts toward you, it is because you have established it there. By grace we are saved, and that not of ourselves. And so we worship you, and yet this would be our prayer. We feel too often that our love for you, though it be there, is too small. Would you grow it? 
Would you grow it into something that gives you glory and great satisfaction? And then, Father, I pray that if there be any who may be listening to this podcast who have yet to discover the joy of knowing you and having your love established in their hearts and their hearts responding in love toward you, be merciful this day, we pray. For only you and you alone can do it. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.